Hey, just want something really kind of cool about prayer and fasting is that um, you don't know this yet, but the guy who actually wrote the book, Pursuit, he's going to be with us on Friday, January 24th. So he pastors a church, a, a huge church up in uh, Vacaville between uh, Sacramento and San Francisco, and I've had a chance to meet him a couple different times and just a, a connection. And so I've asked him to be with us on a Friday night. That's kind of in, in the new year, like we have been doing in 2019. We're going to have several meetings on Friday nights, kind of our, our Friday night revival nights on somebody uh, where, where God just shows up in a big way that we kind of press in a little bit more than Sunday morning and, and God, God starts pressing into us. Come on, how, how many know when you press into God, he presses into you? Come on. And, and then stuff starts pressing out of you. Come on, everybody, right? Come on, more of God, less of you. And so, so that's going to be happening on January 24th. So right on the heels of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to uh, jump into uh, just a great, great meeting on Friday night. And it's just going to be the icing on the cake from all the food you haven't been eating. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, today is something cool. At the end of the service, if you're a guest with us, we've been prepping for about uh, four or five weeks here at the church, uh, ready today at the end of the service to give our big year-end offering. Come on, how many excited about that today? Come on, come on. You excited? Come on, all of us together. I got a bunch of pastor friends believing God with us that we're just going to have lots of resources available to really help a home down there in Mexico and do some stuff downstairs in, in our kids' ministry or Spectrum Kids because of all of our generosity. Man, it's just a season of generosity, and God's opening up our hearts, you know, not only uh, for ourselves, our family, uh, but also people that we don't even know. You know, last week, we had seven people that gave their hearts to Jesus last week. Come on, come on, come on can you clap a little bit better than that? Yeah. And, and there's some people, listen, so, so just people that, don't, that we've never even seen before. They just got invited and came to church, and, and God touched them and opened their hearts. So, so listen, God's doing something amazing in here and, and, and in the church and with you and, and in our community. So we, we want to keep it going, and one of the ways we can keep it going is just keep having a generous heart. Again, as we said, if God touches my heart, he'll always open my hand. Come on, somebody. That's a good place to say amen, right? It's because you only give to what you love. It's a fact. My life and your life as well. So uh, we'll talk about that again just a little bit more at the end of the service. And, and I've got, you know, Kimmer and I, we're prepared and we're ready for our off. And I'm excited for God doing something big in us. Uh, but let, let, let's continue our series, uh, Lessons on Sunday Morning. We're uh, uh, Lesson 2 and a, really a three-part uh, series today just called King Jesus. And last week we kind of started it on, on how Jesus came. We found out that Jesus came through a virgin birth. Y'all remember that? Uh, we, we believe that, that supernaturally God, Jesus, came into the earth through the connection of God. God had a divine seed actually entered into that woman, Mary. And she said, yes, be it unto me according to your word. And then, come on, conception happened and, and a life was born in her. And that was baby Jesus. And he came out, come on, of that womb. And, and he changed the world, man. And so we're here today based on what happened. An immaculate conception, come on, an incarnation that Christ became flesh. And we're here today celebrating here in a couple days the birth. But then thank God. Not just the birth, but then in April, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody? God, man. God became flesh. So we talked about, uh, about last week just, just how we came. And, and today, let's talk about why Jesus came. Why did he come? Why did, okay, we, we know he came, but, but why did he come? 
It doesn't take probably any of us very long because you could just pick up a newspaper. You could, you could turn on the news. You could go to YouTube channel. You could search Google News or Fox or CNN or whoever you do. And, and just a couple, of, a couple of scrolls through there, you'll find out the world is a mess. The, the, locally and, and statewide and, and, and nationwide and, and worldwide, it, there's just all kinds of crazy. And, and, and we know that it's been going on since the beginning of man. And, and so if you kind of take a step back and really look at it, you, you can come to a pretty easy conclusion. Something's wrong. If, if God, if you believe in God, if, if he made this whole thing and, and he would make it good, as if you read the Genesis account, everything he did was good. And if you believe that, then something happened somewhere to get from good to not so good. And we know if you read the Bible, which we encourage you to do, is that if you read the Bible, you'll find out from the Genesis account in the, in the beginning that that's where this whole thing started going downhill in a hurry. Kind of like down the elevator shaft, <laughs> quickly down to the bottom floor where sin entered the human race through the, really the fall of, of Adam and Eve and, and, and disobeying God and partaking of that fruit and being tricked by the, the enemy, Satan, the serpent. He came subtly, and that's what he does. He'll try to come subtly and sneakily in our lives and try to get us off course time and time again. That's what he's always done. Deception's his number one tool, and that's what he'll keep trying to use in your and my life. And so why did Jesus come? The, 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 cutting to the chase, Jesus came because mankind was a mess. And he had to send someone to get us back. Track with me with several scriptures. Romans 5, 12. Look what it says. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered the human experience, and death was the result. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all humanity, because all have sinned. Uh, a religious person came to Jesus, a, a guy that was steeped into the Old Testament. This is when Jesus has already begun his earthly ministry. Uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these writers record it uh, from, from Jesus, his life, and from their perspective of, of what they saw and what they also heard from some others. And a religious person came to Jesus uh, one time at night, uh, wanted to know more about him. And this is what Jesus said to him in John 3, 3 through 5. Jesus said, I've I, I replied to you, I, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, this man, Nicodemus was his name. He said, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. And then Jesus, in that same teaching, Jesus got with his disciples and he kind of explained a little bit more about this to them. And, and Jesus says this to them in John 3, 16 and 17. And we probably heard this more scripture more than anything, whether anybody goes to church or not. But we, we know verse 16, but I want to read verse 17 as well. Here's what Jesus says. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son, maybe you don't know this, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. 
These scriptures really just point a picture. that the, the, the book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul 30 years or so after Jesus has already been raised from the dead. So Paul is looking back at what Jesus Christ did and looking back even further, going all the way back to the beginning, the, really the book of, of Genesis. And he says that everybody was affected by Adam's sin. Whether you were there or not, you would have done and I would have done what Adam did. He was tricked. He was deceived. We all, in this humankind, we all would have done exactly what he did. Adam was the first man. This is what the scripture says. He was the first man. But God had a great, great plan to send a second man named Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen there. And so we needed to be redeemed. We, we, we find out that sin, when Adam sinned, that sin nature passed down to all of us. And so we're born in a fallen world. We're born in a world that is one day, the scripture says, is going to be all burned up and God's going to have a new heaven and a new earth. And he wants you there. He wants you there. He wants me to be there. And there's one way we can assure that we get there. One and only one way. And that's making Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. That's why Jesus came. He came to redeem us. He came to restore us. He came to save us. He came to get you and me back connected to him. Come on, we're going to clap. Let's give a clap. Come on. So Nicodemus, this religious guy we read about in John 3, he can't figure it out. He knows the Old Testament front and back. He knows Moses. He knows all the stories. He knows Joshua. He knows the prophet Isaiah. Nicodemus knows it all, but he doesn't know Jesus. And listen, you can know stuff. You can be around stuff, and, and you can be around church, and you can kind of have a Bible at the house. But, but listen, do you know Jesus? And so, so Jesus says to this, this guy, Nicodemus, and he says, man, the only way, you, Nick, you're going to, come on, Nick at night, come on. The only way you, you, you're going to find life is, is, is you've got to have a new kind of birth. Nick says, like, come on, you remember what he said? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb? You're talking about going back, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. He says, you've got to be born of the water and the spirit. I believe some people think it's talking about baptism. I'm not going to fight you on that, but I don't think that's what Jesus is saying, my personal view. I think Jesus is saying water baptism doesn't save you. What Jesus is saying is a person's got to be born through birth, through a woman, come on, through a woman. Her water breaks. You've got to come into this life in a natural body, and then you've got to get a supernatural body. You got to get changed on the inside. You got to have a new spirit on the inside. Water and spirit. Come on, everybody. I see you naturally, but the big question for you and me is have you been born again? You got a new nature on the inside of you. Come on, you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Come on, is He steering your life? Is He Lord of your life? That's why Jesus came. He came to get the sin out and put His nature in us so we could spend eternity with Him. And then we can make a difference while we're on the earth. Come on, everybody. Amen? Come on, amen? Now, this is what Jesus told Nick. So let's look at the screen real quick. Jesus said, you really can't see God or be with God until you're born again. You can't see God. You can't even be with God until you're born again, until you've experienced this change. That's why Jesus came. So could I say it this way? Jesus came here. Jesus came here so you could be there. Listen, Jesus wants you 
home. We've got four kids, and, and two of them are grown, and they're out of the house, and we're praying the other two leave quick. Um, I'm kidding, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. It's, about, it's getting close to being time. And, uh, but what, what, what's weird is that you want them out, but then as a parent now, they start having kids, they start having kids of their own, and you want them back. I want them on their own. I want them, doing, I want them to do what God's called them to do, and we, but, 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 but I want them home. There's just something about it, you know, and, and I understand this now as a parent and a grandparent that, that I want my kids home. I want them around me. I want, come on, I, I want to be that dad. I want to be that granddad. I want to be that poppy that, that my grandkids, like I've got one grandchild that she, come on, she's like wild child. I'll be on the couch and all of a sudden she's crawling all over my neck, grabbing me, trying to throw me down to the ground. Come on, anybody got a kid like that? I got one now. Help me, Jesus. Uh, uh, but, but they just want to be with I, I want them around me. And I, I want them in my home. I want to spend time with them. I want to know what's going on in their world. That's what God wants with you. He wants that with you. From the very beginning of Jesus' life, speaking of his ministry life, his ministry, not when he was born, but, but most theologians believe that Jesus started teaching and preaching and healing when he was about 30 because that's when a priest would start serving in the Old Testament. So Jesus started doing that, most believe. And from, from the very beginning to the end of his life, his whole pursuit was spent just reaching people, just reaching people, people that were far away from God, people, people that didn't look like him, like Kimberly said during our huddle time, we were talking to all the dream teamers that are serving every week around here. Come on, can we give it up to all the dream team people serving every week downstairs in kids' ministry? Come on, clap real big. All of our musicians, all the tech guys, all our ushers and greeters, come on, everybody. Man, come on, it takes a team to make a dream work, you know, so thank God for everybody. But from the very beginning to the very end, his heart was just reaching people, reaching people. It wasn't about him. He didn't need saving, but other people did need saving. The world needed saving. Check this out in Mark chapter 2, verse 15. Again, think with me, from the very beginning to the end of his life, he kept doing this, this, this pursuit, this passion of reaching people. And can I tell you, it, it, it's, it's tough sometimes reaching people. It's, it's hard because sometimes when you reach people, they, they, sometimes they're like a rabid dog and they want to bite you. Because, listen, hurt people, and they're just hurt. Like, come on, the divorce hurt me, so I'm mad. And the bankruptcy hurt me, and I'm mad. And, and the, 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 the cancer's coming against me, and, and I'm, I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad at God. And, Listen, but Jesus has come to save, and Jesus has come to heal, and Jesus has come to deliver, and Jesus has come to restore. So I and you, we all got to fight through everybody's situation to just say, I am going to love you till you get saved. Come on, everybody. I'm going to love you to hell. Hey, look what Jesus does in his beginning of his ministry, Mark chapter 2, verse 15. Later, Levi, otherwise known as Matthew, invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, and along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I love that. This scripture says tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. I don't know who you want in your house, but I don't want a lot of people in my house. i got to check to see if they've been taking my silverware. Come on, somebody. But that's who was hanging out here with Jesus. One translation says, people definitely stained with sin. People definitely stained with sin. That's who Matthew, that's who Levi started inviting to his house so they could hang out with Jesus. When's the last time you had a dinner party like that? 
There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Stop right there. Who do you think was following Jesus? Everybody with the three-piece suit and the nice and the perfume and the nice hair and the done nails. Mm-mm, there were some of those folk, but a lot of disreputable pe- reputable people, that word, were following Jesus. People who didn't look maybe like you, people who didn't smell like you, people who didn't talk like you. Uh, but when the teachers and the religious law, those people and the Pharisees saw him, saw Jesus eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Hmm. So that's what the religious people said about the people who were hanging around Jesus. When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Come on, somebody. It'd be like you and me going to Sharp or going to Reese Steely or going to Kaiser and going to the hospital rooms going, what are you doing in here? What is your problem? They're sick. Sick people are looking for health and healing, looking for a doctor, looking for a remedy. These were the people who were hanging around Jesus, that Jesus wanted to save. Look what he goes on to say. I I haven't come to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. I don't know about you, but I, I remember when I was a sinner. Anybody like me want to just raise your hand and say, I remember when I was a sinner. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on. Any other true Christians in the room remember when some of y'all kind of go, I don't know about good times, should I be doing it? And if you're here today, listen to me. If you're here today and you're not close to Jesus, we're so glad you're here today because every one of us that are here were away. And God wants you home. That's why you're here today. Can we clap real big for that? Yeah. So Matthew or Levi, a notorious sinner, he became one of Jesus' 12 close disciples. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, this is what he's doing. He's, he, he's coming, uh, preaching and teaching and, and, and going to the homes of people and, and around people that the religious people would say, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time with such scum, notorious sinners and disreputable characters? Why are you doing all that? Because that's why he came. On the cross, if you remember, Luke records, on the cross, Jesus is being crucified. His hands have been pierced. His his feet have been pierced. He's on the cross. He is dying a slow death as his lungs are filling up with fluid. And one of the criminals, there's a criminal on his right and a criminal on his left. One of them says to Jesus, remember me today. I believe who you are. He calls him Lord. I believe who you are. Jesus in his pain, Jesus in agony, Jesus when, I don't know about you, but I would be thinking about me. Jesus looks at the brother and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Listen, at the beginning of his life, at the end of his life, he keeps trying to reach people. Every single day, every waking breath, 
every prayer that you pray during the day, uh, at the beginning of the day, you should be praying, Lord, use me today. Help me find people who don't know you. Use me today. Let me plant a seed. Let me sow a seed. Let me give a hug. Let me buy a lunch. Let me do something that I can show, demonstrate, and love on people who are far away from you, oh God. Amen? Man. Jesus, uh, before, so, so this, the scripture really talks about when Jesus was born, and then it kind of goes dark in Jesus' life for till he was 12. <laughs> really, we don't, we don't know about him from when he was born, then, then when he was about two, uh, we, we see a glimpse of his life, and then when he was 12, he pops up again. And the, the story is this, is that every year, all the Jewish people would go back to Jerusalem at Passover time to offer up the, the, the feasts and the sacrifices that they did. They travel in caravans just like we do today, kind of like you see bus tours or whatever, you know. And, and they, they, they went to Jerusalem. And, and so Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus is there. And by the way, you do know Jesus had other stepbrothers and sisters. And they're all families traveled together. So they, they go to Jerusalem in this whole crowd and they do what they do. And the Bible says they left and they went walking out. And all of a sudden, one day after a day's journey from Jerusalem, Mary looks around and goes, hey. Anybody seen Jesus? And they go, no Jesus. So, so I always like to pause here. If you've ever lost your child in Walmart, Mary lost Jesus. Come on, somebody. You're in good company. You're in good company. But I don't know about the panic in you, kind of like going, oh, my God, we lost God. Come on, everybody. <laughs> Running back. The by Come on. It was a whole day's journey back. And they search everywhere trying to find Jesus. And they go to the temple, and there's Jesus. He's 12, by the way. He's 12 years old. He's sitting down, listening, and asking questions to the teachers of the law. 12. Come on. 12. And Mary and Joseph run in there. And here's the account. Look, Check it out in Luke 2, verse 48. When they saw him, they were amazed at what he was doing and who he was talking to. His mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Come on, that sounds like a good mama, right? Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have sought you anxiously. And Jesus says to them, why did you seek me? Here's 12-year-old. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Here's 12-year-old Jesus understanding who God is and what his purpose is to be. I must be about my father's business. So I like to say it this way. If you'll take care of God's business, God is going to take care of your business. At the end of Jesus' life, again, we, we talked about that a moment ago. At the beginning in Mark 2, when the disreputable sinners and healthy people don't need a, a doctor, sick people do. And, and, and on the cross, he's reaching the, uh, that, that guy there. And, and today, you're going to be with me in paradise. And at 12, he says, i got to be about my father's business. And, and we know a prayer in John 17 when Jesus prays this long prayer to God the Father. And Jesus prays this prayer. And he says, Father, I've glorified you on the earth. And he says, I finished the work you gave me to do I glorified you I did what you called me to do I, I, I and then he says I finished the work or, or we could say it this way I, I finished the business you gave me to do can I can I just encourage you before you check out here make sure you finish why you are here why, why are you here 
Why am I here? Have you discovered your purpose? Are you making a difference with the grace, talent, ability on your life? If not, come on, in the new year, come on, check the box. Go through growth track with us right over here after the 1115 service. Four classes that we're going to help you get to know God, find freedom. Come on, get, get, get cleaned up with some stuff maybe you're hung up with, and you'll get a chance to discover your purpose. And then get serving and making a difference where, where, where now you can start being about the business of why you're here. You're not just here for a house in Cabo and Taco Tuesday. You're here to make a difference for Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. So what was God, if he says this, you know, I must be about my father's business and I've glorified you while I'm on the earth and I finished the work, I finished the business you gave me to do. What was and is God's business? What's the business that you need to be busy about? I believe, again, that we all have individual nuances that we're to do. I personally believe this is what I'm called to do here. This is, this is my job, uh, a part of my, uh, you know, what, what God's called me to do and, and to pastor and to lead and to preach and teach. And that's my job. You know, that's why I'm here. Why, why are you here? Is it to teach kids? Is it to, is it to do outreach? Is it to be an entrepreneur and finance the gospel? Is it, is it to do sound tech? And, and is it just to be, a, is it to be a person that when somebody's grieving, that you're that person that can hug and be and sit with them? Man, God bless you. We need you. Is, whatever it is that God's called you to do, we need you to be about that particular business. But we're all called to a certain kind of business and here it is. Jesus says this explicitly. We read it a couple weeks ago about this little guy named Zacchaeus who wanted to see Jesus. And he climbs a tree and Jesus passes by and he says, hey, Zach, I got to go to your house today. And Zach was so touched with, with, with Jesus and what Jesus said to him that, that he actually said, if I've stolen anything from all these people, he was a tax collector, I'm, I'm going to give it back fourfold, fourfold. And, and if, I've, if I've cheated people, if I'm, I'm going to pay him back. Uh, uh, half, I'm going to give half of my wealth away. His heart was touched and changed by Jesus. And Jesus says something amazing after this uh, dialogue with Zacchaeus. He says in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. This tells us his purpose. This tells us the purpose of Jesus. And, and guys, this is your purpose. Your purpose has got to be this. My purpose has got to be this. It's, it's not just to have a family, not to be married 35 years, not to have kids and grandkids and have everybody come to my home and like me, not to take a couple of trips, have enough money so, so, so I, don't, I don't have to mooch off my kids. Uh, you know, they've already told me that. You know, don't mooch off me when you're old, Dad. You need your own money. <laughs> but my job has got to be seeking and saving those who are lost. So I, I could say it this way, is that Jesus came to save people who knew they needed saving. He was seeking. He was looking. The only people Jesus ever reprimanded, the only people Jesus ever really had problems with were the religious people. The people that said, we don't need, we, we, we don't need saving. But every time there was anybody who we might say were disreputable sinners, people who were away from God, people who you'd say, there's no way they could be part of his family. Those were the people 
Jesus was always had a heart for and going towards. Woman caught in adultery. Man, there she is, caught in the act. Should be stoned. Jesus starts writing on the ground and says, anybody without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. He comes to bat for her. And he says, just, hey, girl, just don't sin anymore. Go your way. He restores her, restores her dignity. There's a woman at the well. She's had six relationships gone bad. She's been on every internet site, and it's gone sour. Jesus speaks to her, and she's searching, and she's needing something no man can give her. But how many of you know there is a man, a capital M man named Jesus, who can fill your heart? Come on, everybody, say amen. She believes in Jesus. She gives her heart to God, and, and the whole city comes out to hear about this Jesus. He came seeking and saving those who were lost and knew they were lost. Knew they were lost. Um, I love Luke 15. I talk about Luke 15. I kind of went back over my notes in the last couple of years. And, and here, you know, I, Luke 15 is just a portion of scripture I talk about regularly to you. Because if I want, if one thing if I want my life to be known for and I want our church to be known for is that we're a church that is just out to seek and to save lost people. Can you say amen? How many think that would be a good thing to be known for? Yeah. So, so Luke 15 is really interesting. If you've never read it, I, I'm going to break it down in a minute. But let me just kind of give you the summarization of it on the screen just so you can see it. Is that the entire chapter is about finding what was lost and rejoicing when it was found. Finding something that was lost and then rejoicing when it was found. If you've ever lost your phone, if you've ever lost a credit card, how many notice some rejoicing when you found it? Yeah. And this is a whole lot better than a telephone or a credit card. We're talking about people. So if, if this chapter that Jesus, who's God in the body, God in the flesh, is is rejoicing, talking about uh, somebody changing and a heart changing, and there's rejoicing when, when, somebody's, when somebody's turned and it's found what was lost, then, then I, I would say that, that this must be the business of Spectrum. That this is our business. This is the business of Spectrum Church because it's God's business. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. There's three parables that Jesus talks about. He talks about lost sheep, and he talks about a lost coin, and then finally he talks about a, a, a lost son. Tells three stories, and they're exactly the same. Something that was lost uh, was searched for until what was searched for was found. And there wasn't just a search. There was a, a flat-out, all-out search. And, and so the first story Jesus talks about was that a guy had 100 sheep. And he loses one. Listen, just one. One wandered off. Come on, one, one sheep had ADD and just wandered off. And, and just, you know, and, 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 and the Bible says that, that the shepherd, check it out, the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. Can I ask you a question? Is that even smart? You've got 99 and you just got one dummy sheep. Why risk a wolf coming? Why risk a bear coming and taking another one of the 99? It's just, I lost one. You know, that's just the cost of business. Not Jesus. 
leave the 99, and we're going to go after the one. We're going to have an all-out search. Listen to me. What we say in Growth Track, and you'd hear it there, everybody that's been through Growth Track, we are so glad you're here. And listen, I am so glad you're here at the 930 service. We love you. We love you. We love you, whether this is your first time or whether this is your thousandth time. But after you're here, it's no longer just about you. It's no longer just about me. It's about the one that's not here yet. Can you say amen? we got to keep saying, thank you for everybody. We love everybody. We're going to help you. We're glad you're one of the 99. But we got to get one more. we got to reach somebody else. And so he leaves, he, he leaves the 99 and, and goes after the one. And the Bible actually says he, when he finds him, something happened with the brother. He, he puts him on his shoulder and he brings him back. He, he carries him back. And so listen, he carries him, the scripture says, on his shoulder. And so what we do, guys, listen, what we do is that we carry people who are lost. We bear their burdens. We carry people. It's hard. It's hard. People have been messed up with alcohol and drugs and sexual relationships and perversion and just drama and trouble and stuff and kids. Listen, it's hard, but it's our work because we love people. Come on, help me in here. We love people. And we're going to be with people until they get healed, until they get restored. The second thing Jesus said, there was the lost coin. This story about the lost coin. and It says a woman had ten coins, and, and she lost one. She just lost one. Just lost one. So she, she would light a lamp, have a candle, light a lamp. You know, no electricity, no, no flashlight, light a lamp. And search the whole house. And then if she didn't find it with the land, you know, then she'd get her, she'd get her broom. And she'd get her, and she starts sweeping the house. And, you know, we, we were just trying to find this lost, this lost coin. Again, in the Eastern culture, we don't know this, but in the Eastern culture, what they believe and what they tell us was that this, the, 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 these ten coins were a gift of her, from her husband to her when she got married. And evidently, she, she put them on to adorn herself, either in a, a festival or something for her husband. And somehow, something broke, and, and you know, it got lost. It, it wasn't real valuable, they said, but it held deep sentimental value. Can I tell you something? Scientists say you and I are worth about 16 to 20 bucks from all of our parts. Not, not if you took your liver out and sold it. I'm just talking about what metals and everything in us. Listen, we're, we're not worth a lot of dollars, but we're invaluable to God. So every single person, every homeless person, every troubled person, every three-piece business suit person who looks like they got it all together, but's broken inside, God says they're valuable to me. They're lost and they need to be saved. None of those ten coins could be replaced. They, they were irreplaceable. They would be stamped with a, a, a family insignia and, and, and the year they said of when, when this, the, the marriage happened. And so it was, you, couldn't, you couldn't replace that. And listen, every single person on earth, no matter if we look alike, no matter if we got the same last name, brothers, sisters, everybody's different, irreplaceable. We got to see people that way. We got to have a heart for people because that's why Jesus, that, that's why Jesus came. So again, here's what the scripture says, that she lit a lamp. She lit a lamp. She lit a lamp. She lit a lamp. Jesus says this to us. 
He said, you're the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill. You get hot for God. You light your light. You, you, you fan into flame the embers again. and You get hot for Jesus and let God use you to be a light reaching people all around you. At home, business, and everywhere you go. We're not going to live a hypocritical life one way at church and another way somewhere else. We're who we are. I'm going to let God to shine through. So I'm going to light a lamp. I'm going to light a lamp and let God use me to find somebody who's lost. And, and then she swept the house. We read it. She swept the house. She swept the house. And so let me just say this. I, I really believe this is that we just can't live messy and cluttered lives and, you know, with the junk of the world and just and be, be expected to reach people. We, we, we got we to gotta be different. We just got to be different. We, we got to have a change. We, we got to just... We got to just say, God, use me. Not Listen, not perfect. I sin. You sin. Come on, all God's people sin. But I'm talking about just, just, just uh, I got to get the clutter out. I got to get the mess out. I, I got, man, maybe I need to go to a, a, a recovery class. I, I need some help. And I, I need to get around some brothers and sisters and just say, I ain't who you think I am. <laughs> I'm going to need some healing up in here. Maybe, maybe let me tell you. And we're not going to run away from your drama. We're going to run to your drama. We're going to love you to help because that's what the body of Christ does. So we just got to start lighting a lamp and start searching for that which is lost. When she found it, she gets her girlfriends together and they throw a party. And Jesus says, tells the granddaddy of all the parables, the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son gets with his dad and says, give me the inheritance, dad. I'm out of here. Dad gives him part of his inheritance and he goes away to a different country, different state. He runs down to TJ. The Bible says, spent all his money, riotous living, hookers, drugs, parties, and he's by himself. One day, he realizes, what am I doing here? I'm going to go home. I'm going to beg my dad. Just make me a servant. Forget being a son. <laughs> I don't even see myself that way anymore. Just make me a servant. He starts coming home. The Bible says something crazy, guys, because this is God, and this is the heart of our church. Here's what it says in Luke 15. He returns home, starts walking home, and he comes to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, the father ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. What, what a story of reconciliation. There's no words in this story where the father talks about what he spent and what he did and what he smelled like and where he'd been he just sees him and he runs to him and he embraces him because that's why Jesus came Jesus is God in a body Jesus said I only do what the father does and I only say what the father says so you could say rightfully so what Jesus does and tells in this story is exactly who God the father is for you and for me you and me messed up in our sin. The people around us messed up in our sin. Notorious sinners, disreputable people, all kinds of drama, all kinds of situations that God says, I do not care 
if you will turn toward me, I will run to you. And he embraces him. And the Bible says he throws a party and he kills the fatty calf. And again, that which was lost was found and there was great, great rejoicing. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, amen. So if you don't know why we exist, listen, we're just not a church sitting around down here on 805 and Benita Road behind Soapy Joe's. How many know that car wash needs a little help? Come on, everybody. Come on, how many are glad that when we have start having some more cars show up here than Soapy Joe's? Come on, everybody. Yeah, that's my prayer. Come on, traffic jam coming to Spectrum Church. We'll show Soapy Joe's. We'll get our own traffic attendant down here. Come on, somebody. Church is this way. You don't need a car wash. You need to go to church. Come on, everybody. You wait. It's happening. It's happening. I might put my own hat on to another. Anyway. Spectrum Church exists. If you don't know this, this is why we exist. We exist so that people far away from God will know God and grow in God. This is why we exist. This is why we're here. This is why this church right here, the unique stamp, the fingerprint of God on our church. We exist so that people far away from God will know God and grow in God. Timothy says this, he desires all men to be saved. God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Two things. Know God and grow in God. Check it out. We want people to know God, be saved, come into a relationship with God. But that's just not enough. That's just not enough. We want people to grow in God. We want you to grow in God. We want you to come to the knowledge of the truth. What's that mean? Well, you start knowing the Word of God. You're growing and developing yourself spiritually. You're knowing that your, your, your sins are forgiven. You know that you're right with God based on the blood of Jesus Christ. You're growing in your personal relationship with Him. You're actually reading the Bible every day. Listen, in 2020, you need to read the Bible every day. I'm not talking about the whole Bible in a day. I'm talking about you need to read a scripture. You need to read some scripture. You need to spend some time with God every day. You need to grow every day in your relationship with Jesus so that you can be who he wants you to be and that you can know what he wants you to know so you can do what he wants you to do. Come on, somebody say amen. That's why we go to school, don't we? That's why we learn. That's why we take that class for business in, 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 our, in our employment so that we can know more, do more, and expect more, and keep growing more. Oh, they're paying us monetarily, but we're going to grow spiritually so God can use us more. So why did Jesus come? What was his business? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Uh, a lost sheep. We bear the burden. We carry people. Uh, a lost coin that's invaluable to replace. And, and so we search, we light a lamp, and, and we, we sweep, and, and we, we get things out of our lives. And we let more and more light shine in us. And, and the lost son, we just remove it all from our lives. And we run after people that maybe everybody else has left. But God says, that's somebody that I want in my house. He comes to seek and to save that which is lost. King Jesus came. King Jesus lived. King Jesus died. King Jesus rose. And King Jesus wants to live in you. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, bow your head. Close your eyes. Would you do that? Come on, give everybody the right to privacy.